What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, the bullpen cart hockey coverage. It is the Stanley Cup semifinals. Myself, Greg, and Mark are back. Greg is back from his trip out west. To break it all down, we have Greg and Mark mourn the Bruins. We jump into the semifinals. But I did want to talk about Game 2 of the Lightning and Islanders series. Basically, we recorded this yesterday evening before the game. Then I made some dinner, had a men's league game, and wanted to talk about the game because I didn't get a chance to edit it because my men's league game was super late. So I'm editing it this morning, and some stuff went down in Game 2 of the Islanders, and the Lightning Islanders had a one-goal or one-game lead, and... In the towards the end of the first period, Braden Point ends up running into Varmalov, the Islander goalie, and gets a two-minute running into the goalie penalty. Pretty controversially, it looks like he probably got shoved and didn't really have a lot of time to avoid running into Varmalov. Varmalov actually left the game for the rest of the first period. He came back though in the second and third, and Sorokin stood on his head to keep this game. 1-1. The Islanders actually ended up scoring off of that penalty. There was a fight that ensued. This game actually ended up getting pretty chippy. There ended up being a 10-minute misconduct penalty in the third period. It all came out in the wash. Tampa still won 4-2. They're actually up 4-1 at some point, and Matt Barzell scores to make it 4-2. So he's continuing to have an awesome playoffs. We talk about him a lot in the podcast. We also talk about our predictions. This doesn't really change my thoughts on it, so I'm not going to spoil that. But I did want to talk about this because it was something that this this game got chippy. There was a weird penalty that a lot of people are debating it online. And it's going to be really interesting to see if the NHL comes out and says anything about it. If any suspensions are thrown on, hopefully not on point, but on Leo Komarov, who got thrown out with the 10-minute misconduct. See what happens with Varlamov. He played the rest of the game, but who knows if that's, you know, he just pulled himself out of whatever funk he was in from getting run into and maybe there is something longer lasting it's gonna be really interesting to see the storylines develop on this series just wanted to talk about that before jumping into the episode but let's jump into it as always though make sure to subscribe to the podcast the bullpen card on itunes stitcher spotify wherever you get your podcast mash that subscribe button give us a five-star review on itunes we'll give you a shout out on the show follow us on twitter thunder blg thunderbox sports on instagram but enjoy the episode, have a great week, enjoy the hockey, and here we go! Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, the still untitled Bullpen Card Hockey Podcast, here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course... I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. The final four of hockey is here. The semifinals, whatever you want to call them. There's only four teams left. It's time to break it all down. Joining me today, first we're going to have the continuity. Mr. Mark Higgins, who was here last week. How are you, my friend? Doing excellent, Jordy. It's an honor to be back here. And uh, Greg P., the Prophet's back, so pumped to get to... Now hear his thoughts on the NHL playoffs so far, and uh, just excited to to see the finish. We're, we're down to the final four teams here. I had Vegas winning it all, 
So my predictions are looking pretty good right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Greg, how are you doing? Great. Um, can I just say I listened last week? It was a uh, got me through plane rides and and driving through places that had no internet and and cell service. So you guys are great. I was live texting you throughout. Um, breath energy, great takes, and I think it was. Mark said something, I forget what it was, I texted you guys about it. Mark said something, I think it was about Montreal, and then it happened later that game, or later that night in the game they played. It was spot on, uh, but uh, you guys did great, and I'm excited to be back. And, uh, you know, Mark, I think I'm going to join you. I think I'm going to say, let's go Knights. I'm a little sad about my Bruins, obviously forgot to mention that. But, uh, yeah, we can get into that later. Yeah, so let's... Let's dive into the previous round, but I do want to point out that, guys, I don't know if you know this, but because this is the first year, it's the first time since 1981 it's not contested as a conference final, and because of the intra-division format during the regular season, it's the first time since 1924 that the final four teams competing for the Stanley Cup did not play each other in the regular season. And back then, the Stanley Cup was competed by the champions or contested for by the champions of the NHL, PCHA, and WCHL. Weird. Crazy stats. But yeah, let's talk about the last round. Obviously This is this is also uh the first time the Canadians cuz they the Lightning and Islanders are playing for the typical uh Eastern Conference Championship trophy and the Vegas Canadians are playing for the typical Western Conference trophy. That champions. I don't know. Is that so, no, announced? That's, yeah, that's true. And this is, the first this, time, to... this is the first time ever the Canadians have played for the whatever the name of the trophy the is. The Clarence S. Campbell Trophy, which I'm looking yeah. at now, if that is in fact the case. Uh, Clarence. Just a wild year. Uh, but that is true. So the, this is the first time that Montreal has made the semifinals since 2014 when Chris Kreider skated into Carey Price and the Rangers won the Eastern Conference. It is a repeat of last year's Eastern Conference final between the Lightning and the Islanders. And Vegas, obviously, the third time in their first four seasons that they have made the semifinals. So all kind of crazy statistics and all sorts of that stuff. But before we dive into those, let's look at the bat- the last round. Do you guys want to pull the Band-Aid off now and talk about the Bruins, or do you want to talk about the other losers before that? Yeah, we can get into the Bruins. All right, so what do you guys think? They lost to the Islanders. It looked like it was going to be this back-and-forth series that was going to go seven games, and then it went only six. What do you guys think? Mark, we'll start with you. Uh, I, I mean, there's so many things to get into. I think one of the things I've been mentioning all year and what I was worried about with the Bruins, and it, it's happened in previous playoffs, is their their size on the back end and how they get worn down. Like, it's they can win a game – um, every other night or having two or three nights of rest and but like the pounding of playing the same team that's deep with four lines just coming in and hitting you hitting you hitting you and you eventually get worn down from that and look what happened Carlo Miller our two strongest guys are out and then our, our fasties start getting hit a lot and then they start making turnovers they start thinking about getting hit um, and that's what happens and I think that's something Don Sweeney needs to address it's like getting more size and meat back there in the back and you see these teams that are still in it now like Islanders they have huge guys uh, Vegas picked up Peter Angelo uh, Montreal with their Webers you know big boys like that I, and the Bruins don't have that anymore Char used to disguise that we used to have Krug and Grizzlick and Char which is like 
hide our, our lack of, of height and, and meat back there. I think that's just one thing. Obviously, um, two grass not being healthy either didn't help. Um, our first line pretty much did all the scoring. Our second line that we were talking so much about in the past, Krejci Hall, uh, they became ghosts. They didn't really do much. Um, and just the Islanders are so much deeper. Like they're, they're just roll all four lines. They could start their fourth line, start their third line. And they just keep coming at you. They might be down a goal. They might be down two or three goals. They never panic. They're so consistent. And Barzell really had a coming out party as a superstar. Like he put on a show, some of the highlight goals he had. Um, can, can, I'll keep rambling on, but I uh, want to let Greg go here. I mean, for me, as soon as they lost, as soon as the Bruins lost game five, I, you look at the history all year, they just had, did not win on the road in Long Island or on Long Island or whatever the hell they call it. Um, and I thought it was kind of a lucky fluke that they won game three on the road. But throughout, like again, throughout the year, they were 0 for uh, playing on the road versus the Islanders. So I knew that was going to be a tough place to, to play. And losing game five to me sort of solidified the – that game six would be nearly impossible or, or they would need their straight up best game, a game. And uh, it's tough because the Bruins as a team, the first round playing the Capitals, a bigger, stronger physical team, you know, it sounds like a couple there, like Mark was saying, a couple of the defensemen got hurt in that series and then re-aggravated it against the Islanders. But uh, the first series, they had secondary scoring. They had depth, they had depth guys contributing and it didn't really feel like they got into a flow that much. Um, you know, they changed their lines three times throughout the Islander, four times throughout the Islander series in six games. You know, the, it took a got hurt in game two and then was playing through a groin injury. Um, so it was just, or game three or whatever that was. So it was just uh, sort of everything went wrong for them at the wrong time and not, not making excuses, but the Islanders are a very good team. They made the conference tough finals back-to-back years um they're a team that gets a lead and sits on a lead and, and knows how to play in one goal games and they have one stud superstar who did nothing in the first round and then woke up in the middle of the game three or game four i believe and decided okay now i'm gonna be a superstar and take over and the bruins passed on me with three straight picks and then this is matthew <laughs> brazil bruins passed on me with three straight picks and yeah. and benched the guy debrusque who they picked over me who actually made the NHL and I'm going to go off and have an absolute series. And then he scored again against the lightning in game one, but Barzell decided to wake up, have a series that, you know, Paul Mary, their, their off season, their, their mid season, our, our kryptonite who always scores against us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Paul Mary kryptonite with New Jersey scored against them. Zajac also New Jersey guy who the deadline came over. So, you know, the Islanders, appeared to make all the right moves for them to get to where they are now. And um, I think, yeah, we'll see what giving them taking credit away, but the Bruins it's where do they go from here. Mark, uh, I know you, you want to talk, but where do they go from here? You tell me. I got four quick points. I just wrote down on a sticky note, just winging it here. Um, and Jordy, <laughs> then I wanted to hear your opinion, but I, I just like that must, that must be the hardest physical path that any NHL team had to take going from Washington with all the big boys they have. And then the Islanders, that's just grueling. So I'm not surprised those injuries happened. Um, I thought the Bruins dominated like the first three or four games, like totally outplayed them. Islanders would get half the amount of shots, half the amount of scoring chances, but they just capitalize 
Um, Pasta's empty net, I think, what, game four, we would have been up one nothing in the first. I totally thought that swung the momentum of the whole series. That was like a big turning point. And then games five and six were just hard to watch. Like they were, Bruins were completely dominated. It was, it was terrible. Like they just physically were getting worn down. You could see it just on, you could see it happening. You could, you, we all saw the outcome. So thought the Bruins dominated early on and games five and six, complete opposite direction. And then finally the, the decision to not play Swayman, like that's, I think Cassidy, as a head coach, you got to kind of make those tough decisions, no matter what you're better and say, yeah, you had a meeting with Bergeron probably and other vets. And they're like, yeah, we took as our guy, but your job as a coach is to, to, to be a coach and, you know, make those tough decisions. Like there was no way Tuka was going to win that game based on how he had been playing and Swayman could have been a huge momentum swinger. It was the last card he could have played. I thought he should have played it. He didn't have the, the, the balls to, and um, yeah, it was a safe play by him to play the bet, but um, I thought Swayman could have stole a game. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sorry, Jordy. I don't know that I just agree with that. I, I mean, I guess game six got away from them, but Tuca didn't like really not make any of the saves he needed to make, if that makes sense. He, he wasn't playing the puck at all. He, he, was, he was, you could see how lazy he was in his movements. I mean, he was, he had a torn. Yeah, his, his groin or something. Yeah, he wasn't coming out. It was actually, uh, he made the, the play he got injured on. I, I texted, um, we have a little chat, Jordy, with our cousins, but I texted them on the play it was. It was a Barzell breakaway right before, I think it was game one or game two, right before they gave up the Zajac breakaway for the game winner. But it was a Barzell breakaway and Tuca made the save. And you could tell he like reached out with his right leg and right after immediately after he like was laboring and you could tell he was off and then he yep. was and then he wasn't as active in the corners like mark said he wasn't coming out of his net in terms of getting the pucks behind the net getting pucks in the slot anywhere you know he wasn't as active as normal and and just sort of playing a, a sit back take up as much as the net type of game definitely sure. affected him but you know he's an unrestricted free agent it doesn't sound like he's gonna be ready till january so we'll find out if swayman is the future and is the real deal like like he proved in the couple months he was up um i think taylor hall is a must sign and i think getting some defensemen for like mark was saying without breaking the salary cap is is a must do and i don't know it's they got some young forwards who stepped up this year. Hopefully they'll continue that trend and their defense, their young defensemen stepped up. But like Mark said, you need some physical back end guys like uh, even Bogosian or Petrangelo or, you know, some, some veterans who will actually stay healthy in the playoffs. And Carlo, this is three years in a row with Carlo and Miller getting hurt in the Get playoffs. Every time. Three years in a row. And, and you think, you know, the Bruins would brass would learn. Okay. Well, three years in a row are the two guys we rely on as our, as our physicality and, and PK guys get hurt. Maybe we should switch something up, but they should. It is what it is. Jordy. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Our depth sucked. Our third and fourth line sucked. And last point, we wouldn't have beat Tampa anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Coyle, Coyle had good games, but he had no one around him to help him, but you're right. Tampa is a wagon, but Jordy, as an outsider, give us your take. Yeah, uh, you guys mentioned it with Barzell. It was a complete coming out party for him, a guy who I think he had only one goal going into the series. I don't uh, think he scored. I don't think he scored once. In, in he the didn't Pittsburgh score once series. against the Penguins. Yeah, he. But complete coming out party. He obviously had a really good game in the first game against the Lightning, which we'll jump into in a minute. But a guy who started the season by holding out, got the money he wanted to, and performed on it. 
You know, how many times do you see guys, not just in the NHL, but in other sports, hold out or try to do whatever to get paid more money and then completely flop? This guy did the exact opposite. Had a really good season and then, you know, maybe flopped in the first round, but his team got it done and he did it in this series and they had solid goaltending. And Mark mentioned it in the, the first go-round when we previewed this round of the, the four lines of depth that I thought was more of a push, but Mark ended up being more right than I was of just how how much more they, they pushed and pushed. But really it was that back line of the Pelic and Polak and all these different guys for them that were really making the push. I think that was the big difference maker. You guys mentioned injuries. Um, and it was a really good point on the physicality so many times, especially – not to just toot the the metropolitan division horn, but so many different times you almost you can't predict it all the way because I think that Capitals team that ended up winning the Stanley Cup was more banged up than that Penguins team in 2018, uh, where so many other te- the previous two years the Capitals were more banged up and probably were better teams than those Penguins teams that eventually won Stanley Cups, but on paper should have won. But that's just how they do it in the in the playoffs in that division of just beating the crap out of each other in in the rounds. Let the scorers score and goalies stand out as they will. But, you know, and at the end of the day, I think this Islanders team kind of proved the haters wrong. It's kind of that Kansas City Chiefs or Kansas City Royals, excuse me, of 2014-15 that they're they're taking that whole nobody wants us here, nobody thinks we're good enough mentality and running with it, which I know isn't the greatest analytical take, but it's it is something there of these guys that have a coach that's won a Stanley Cup. They have goalies that have had experience there before. Varlamov had played unreal, same with Sorokin. And I think that was the big difference maker. You mentioned Tuka getting hurt, which kind of... I wanted it to be the not be the difference maker, but it, it clearly seemed like it in Game 6, where once the Islanders started rolling it in the third period... And granted, there was some goalie pulling and all that sort of stuff, but, um, you know, it, it, it actually the Bruins almost came back, but... Yeah, it you know it just got out of hand a little bit for him there. So I don't know. It's going to be really exciting to see this next series. I think you mentioned it though, D men, just in general, from the outsider perspective, because the Flyers have the same exact thing as do so many different teams. Hamilton's a free agent. Seth Jones says he will explore this free agency market. So the Blue Jackets are trying to get returned for him. Watching how the defense market runs this offseason, whether it's Boston, Philadelphia, or otherwise, is going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, in two years in a row, I mean, you go back to the Blues, even the Stanley Cup against the Blues. The Bruins, that's their kryptonite is, is good defense, defensive teams. You know, the, the, they teams that have top elite tier defensemen, they do not do well against. Even Columbus, the Bruins typically struggle against them with their with their with with Seth Jones and the guys you mentioned. So, like, that's a great point, Jordy, that this offseason, the defensive market, Dougie Hamilton being out of Carolina and, and – Seth Jones wanting out of Columbus and uh, you know, the market for all these guys is going to be huge. So, um, uh, no, that in the, the flat cap. Cause like Seth yeah. Jones, he only has one year left, but if you trade for him, you want to lock him down unless you're Colorado and you're adding him to just go for it all kind of deal. And the cat and the cap is the cap. The cap's not raising. Plus it's an expansion draft year. So it's like, this is, it's going to be a crazy time to sign some, some defensemen. Um, Mark is, I'm pretty sure McAvoy is, an RFA this summer, no? No, he, he signed like a three or four year deal like last year, like uh, okay. moderate so money. They did it right him before, up. yeah. No, like he knew he could have got more, but he, it wasn't too long where he stuck making like four million or five million. I don't know what it is. It wasn't like a big time contract, but he'll get that in a couple of years. 
Yeah. Well, they did that with Martian and Pasta and all them too. So that's the Bruins MO apparently. But yeah. So anyway, Jordy, um, other series. Let's. Uh, you mentioned the Avalanche. Should we talk? Flip over to the Vegas uh, Avalanche series. Yeah. Let's talk about Colorado. that because that was where I was starting to. Uh, my mind was starting to meld of the goalie pulling and where Mark Andre Fleury almost went for the goalie goal. Uh, Vegas ends up winning that series in six. Kind of felt like a backbreaker, very similarly, when they won Game 5. The home team had won each game. Mark and I had previously broke the, broken this thing down when they started... Um, I'm forgetting his name. Their other goalie, uh, Robin Leonard, in the first game. And they got blown out, and we're wondering what happened with Flurry. Turns out, he just needed a little bit of time off, get himself ready. And even after losing Game 2 in overtime, they end up pulling the series out, winning four straight games in a row. And... Yeah, now Vegas now has a one nothing lead on Montreal. A very convincing win last night. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I don't know. This is something where the Avalanche were a team that we all thought, I thought they were going to win the Stanley Cup. It seemed like the winner of this series, Mark had the other side of it, would win the Stanley Cup. So Mark's hopes and dreams are still alive there, as he mentioned before. But yeah, the, the Avalanche... I don't know what to tell you of this. They couldn't really get it done on the road. They only scored two games in that in that game three. One game where they got blown out in game four, completely getting the wheels blown off them. And then only two game or two goals in that game five, where Mark Andre Fleury completely standing on his head. My question to you guys: You met, and Mark mentioned Petrangelo, the signing there, and just a really solid defensive play from their defenseman as well as down the middle. Alex Tuck having an incredible playoffs so far and a guy who probably won't be in Conn Smythe talks if they make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, especially with being on the team as Marc-Andre Fleury. But my question to you guys is, is it so much more than just Fleury and the defense? Like, the the offensive stars have had their moments, but is this really just boiling down to being really smart with signing guys and kind of plug-and-playing? Because they let other guys walk, you know. Um, different guys have moved to different teams from their from their blue line, but... Is it just that, or, you know, is Mark Stone getting his money? Is Max Pacioretty getting a nice deal? Is that making a difference there, too? I mean, I personally thought that Vegas was always going to beat Colorado just because, similar to the Islanders, similar to, you know, Tampa, they have the forward depth, top to bottom. All four lines can score. All four lines are physical. All four lines, they have the defenseman the defenseman was the defense was the biggest question mark for for vegas but the defense like you mentioned that top pair has stepped up big time colorado did not have just like the bruins their top line they only relied on them to score goals they didn't have the secondary the third the fourth helping out and contributing that much and that really led that was a big negative downfall when you get later on in the playoffs it can work in round one maybe even round two but when you get against an elite team like vegas you need to have other guys step up and contribute and uh they didn't get that and i think like you said jordy yes it's for vegas it is the forwards but it it mark it starts and ends with mark andre Fleury. this i mean he was absolutely lights out in the first series against minnesota yeah, it went seven, but those are very similar teams. We already talked about that. And then shutting down uh, Colorado and the talent that they had across the board defensively and, and offensively, and then holding them 
and winning four straight games is unreal and, and unbelievable, especially as a castaway from, from Pittsburgh. And you wonder if Pittsburgh had kept him, would the Penguins have been a top team, won a couple more cups or been a top team in the East instead of being missing the playoffs and being not good and, and almost trading Crosby halfway through the year. So yeah, I think it's, Vegas's depth top to bottom and it has been Vegas's depth for the next five years. I think it'll be interesting to see when they have to hit free agent and resign all these people, what's going to happen. But for now, I, I, I don't see anyone beating Vegas and, and going into it, I had Vegas Bruins in the final. So, you know, I think that's, uh, that's always Vegas to me is always going to be there. Do you think it's bullshit that they're expand that they're damn it. I fucked that up. Do you think it's bullshit that they are, exempt from the expansion draft a lot of ex words there yes i do yeah. as well yeah three they've been in the league for four years they've made the, the final four three times they should they should change the rule and then put them in there but but regardless. i mean i get it i get they don't necessarily have the the depth in their franchise quote-unquote like later like ahl depth to fill those spots right like like the bruins almost want a guy like debrus to be taken because because he's a mid to late twenties guy who hasn't really peed it out. And so they want him to be taken and then they can pull, call up a younger yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 guy, some odd guy. Vegas doesn't really have that. But on the other hand, like the rules for the expansion draft were so good for them. They made so many, I mean, good on them. They made so, so many of the right deals and some of these, like you, you said all the time, Jordy, these back, back alley deals to, Oh, I won't take this guy. If you give me this, and you know they did all these things to set themselves up and yeah. it worked out unbelievable and you know i don't know seattle hopefully they don't hopefully they can do the same thing yeah for, Emily the for... wife wants us to talk about the expansion draft but said it might not be a, a topic for this evening but she also sent me the anakin skywalker meme that's he's talking to padme and saying something she's like but not this right and just stares but not this right and this one is you know we're gonna be we're gonna be an elite franchise with the Seattle Kraken logo over Anakin's face. He goes, "But you're not gonna take my favorite player, right?" The stare. You're not gonna take my favorite <laughs> player, right? And it, nice. it might happen. It might actually happen. Of of you mentioned it of just how to make these deals work. Of if you're using the Flyers as an example, if you want them to try to take a JVR contract or a or a Jake Voracek contract, you're probably gonna have to part with some guys that you really like and are you're really excited about. But we'll we'll talk about that closer to draft time i want to do some real in-depth analysis like we do for the nfl draft but mark we've been talking too long what does colorado need to do to finally get over the hump next year i mean i wasn't prepared to talk about colorado i was i I was gonna go all in on the knights right now i just broke it go in go in on them all right i i want to i want to hold off on your your vegas uh love for me no no mark go in all in go go all in go all in let's have it no i mean i'm just looking at they went to the Stanley cup their first year and I'm looking at their playoff stats and the guys they have, like the top three scores are the same top three scores right now this year. So like Riley Smith, Marshall, Show, William Carlson. Yeah. We didn't and, even mention Marshall like, Shaw or Riley Smith. Yeah. That's... And Tuck. And those are their, they're, they're leading their team in points right now. Those are the top four guys. Marshall had a hat trick um, and I didn't and then, even mention him. That's my bad. My bad, Jonathan. So I know he's you got these guys, you got this core that you initially, got from other teams and they're still there and you got your your rock in the back um and then you, like greg said they did they acquired all these different assets and yeah maybe they couldn't get these guys right away from the expansion draft but guess what they use those assets to get in trades or free agent signings but basically trades patcheretti world-class player peter angelo arguably top 5d um and then their captain 
Mark Stone. So they didn't have those guys four years ago. They have them now. Three years ago. Three years ago, they ha- they have those guys even now. Even more crazy. It's just even more depth. I mean, they've they've dressed 23 guys in the playoffs. 20 of them have a point. So they're just loaded. They have so much depth. They have size. They have speed. They can beat you anyway. Um, yep. They're stacked. Yeah, and for the sake of time, I, let's just roll into the, the Knights-Canadian series because there's nothing really to talk about the Winnipeg Jets on. And they won the first game 4 nothing or 4-1. The only yeah. goal being scored by Greg's favorite player, Cole Caulfield. So, good job, Greg. I mean, but the, Vegas, suspension, the suspension on Winnipeg's captain's bullshit, it should have been two games max. Like I thought a game. Games. I like thought a game. Yeah, a game maybe. Like yeah. You have to times it by, what, three or four in the regular season, like a playoff game, how much more implications there are. Like, yeah, he got much- hurt, so that's why I thought a game. If he didn't get hurt, if he got up and skated off, I think give him a, give him a 10-minute misconduct and go, go without it. And Colorado is not there yet. I mean, they're almost there. They're on the brink. They need to get – you know, Grubauer, I don't know. He wasn't – I mean, they, they – Eric Johnson was hurt on D. Kadri was suspended, but everyone goes with injuries and deals with injuries and suspensions. But I think they're almost there. They're on the brink. they got to keep that core together. They don't have a goalie. Uh, they don't have a goalie. They need a goalie. They need a goalie, and I think they they'll be fine. But let's roll into this series. I mentioned it, 4-1 win last night by the I Golden mean, Ed, Knights. Edmonton and Colorado are the same exact team. Stubbs I would argue – I'd Colorado argue Edmonton has better. a lot more. Edmonton has a lot more yeah. to put on than Colorado does. Yeah, no, Colorado no, has no, no, defense. No, no, no. I forgot Colorado Kel has Way more defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Colorado has way more stuff. They just need a goalie. Edmonton only has fucking Darnell Nurse and maybe Ethan Bear and like maybe one or two other guys. They definitely need a goalie. Their goalie's fucking forty years old or however old Mike Smith is. Grubauer, at least you could say like he was on a Stanley Cup winning team. Blah 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 blah. He's the reason why the Capitals. Came back in that first series no. year, they won the Stanley Cup. No, I'm right. I'm, I, you're right that they need. I'm also right, but that they need to add an actual like one A goalie. And let's just clip. Dude, let's just clip that saying. I'm you saying I'm right. Greg, Greg, <laughs> Colorado has Cal McCarr on D. They also have Bowen Byram. Yeah, like, exactly. Best no, 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 no. D Mark, I agree with you. He's, he's, Colorado so stacks like their prospects. Colorado, Colorado could run the gambit as if they got a comparable. A comparable, blah, blah. they got a good goalie. Let's not try to be fucking vocabulary Stanley over here. If they got so a good isn't goalie, Grubauer like fine. a Vesna candidate? Was he not it, this year? No. no, he wasn't this wasn't year. Wasn't he nasty? No, he got it's, hurt it's, last year. It's Vazzy. It's Vasilevsky. It's Flurry, and it's uh, who's the fourth? Who's the third? It's Hellebuck, isn't it? Yeah, and it's Hellebuck. Yeah. Right. Uh, he got Cut hurt the last Mark. He got hurt no, the last no, Mark, few years. We'll, we'll keep it in. I'm gonna look this up. He got hurt. He got hurt the last few years. But anyway, um, are we talking about the Vegas and are we on? Vegas, are we yeah, on we're the, on Vegas and right. Montreal. Montreal. Okay. So this is this is. Can I go or are yeah, you guys? Yeah. Are you in the middle have of point it. right now? No, no, no. Have All at right. it. Vegas is going to steamroll Montreal. They Montreal, already are. Montreal. Well, game one on the road after after. Like they having to quarantine and going to Vegas the first time. Vegas is a full crowd. Like Vegas is always going to win this game, but to me, because Canada hasn't played against a single fan except for some healthcare workers for one game in the last round. But no, they uh, had fans the whole series. Remember the game, the game only, six, only healthcare workers. Game six only, of the of the Leaf series only, is when they did like the ten thousand when they did the eye gouging of the fans. Remember they were selling from for five thousand dollars. Regardless, okay. you're right. Vegas crowd. Too much for the Montreal Canadiens. And and Montreal is a team that needs to score in the first period 
and then sit on a lead and I'm going to commend Montreal here. They made it this far with an interim coach halfway through the year who was an idiot in the first round and benched Caulfield benched uh, who's the friend, uh, captain, captain. Yeah. Yep. Benched him, benched his young studs who are now first and second line guys and carried them and, and scored a bunch of goals. Their power play looks unreal. If Vegas can stay out of the box, which will be tough because Vegas loves to be in the box because they're physical type team. Um, and Reeves, when he comes back from suspension, it's only gonna, in there somewhere. It's only going to get more more physical. But to me, this is Carey Price versus Mark Andre Fleury, two guys that were elite all through the the two thousands, the twenty tens or whatever it's called, and now are are everyone said they were old and now are playing at, a, at an elite level again. Um, or maybe they never stopped, but they the two of them are on a little renaissance if you will and was Carey price number one overall as well i mean he should have been if he wasn't yeah. but mark andre fleury won game one and, and because that first period montreal came out flying had a couple chances mark andre fleury held them shut it down and then vegas just steamrolled got in a roll that's what vegas does they build momentum as the game goes montreal needs to score in the first and then just sit in their lead and and eat up on the power plays because that's how they score their goal goals um caulfield is a stud i wish he wasn't in montreal for the next five to the it's rest about of his time career. though they had somebody who's electrifying out there like does stuff they've never had that yeah pk suban was um but they traded him a couple years ago but like a forward they've never had a sick dangler forward they had what's his face they had patch and then they traded him. He, he he wasn't he was so north south i'm talking like a skill oh i see what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. um all right so a couple things one Crosby Mark- was drafted First overall, yeah, Mark is, Price. Mark is right. He's he was drafted first overall. Then Bobby Ryan, then Jack Johnson by the Hurricanes, then Benoit Pouliot by the Minnesota Wild, and then Carey Price fifth overall with the Canadians. And Mark was also right that Grubauer was a Vesna finalist this year. So Greg, we were both wrong. His stats are so sick this yeah. year. He was he had a, a, well that division sucked, but three out of four of those those picks you just mentioned won Stanley Cups. No. Uh, yeah, Jack Johnson with the Kings, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all right, I, but it's not Carey Price. It's not an no, MVP. It's not, not Carey Price, You're except right, for Sidney Crosby. It's not an MVP. Jack Johnson definitely was a huge factor in why the Kings won. So you take that. That's yeah, but a he's good only, pick. for only one of them, though. No, that's a no. Good he pick. didn't win a Stanley Cup. I'm looking this up now. He got traded in the middle of that season to the Blue Jackets. Wow. Yeah, I didn't oh. think he did. I don't think any of those guys have Greg. Well, he won the silver medal with Team USA. Then he was the he was, yeah. He, he got traded to the Penguins in 2019, or between 18 and 19. Maybe he signed a, a free agent deal. He was playing for the Rangers this year. Um, Crosby Bobby has Ryan, Bobby, Bobby Ryan, Ryan is not. Was he, he a not. rookie? He could have been on the team. Oh uh, yeah, he might have been on the team. Actually, let's see. Yeah. I'm looking this up. Uh, great radio here. No, he was not. His rookie year was 08 09. There you go, Benoit Puyol. Is he still playing? He's on Vate now. Let's look it up. It's the yeah, same draft. Same draft. We traded for Tuca. Tuca was drafted twenty first overall. We the got last Lash time he played right was, was two thousand eighteen nice. for the Sabers. Okay, way off. And then they got uh, they got they got rid of Raycroft. Razor. All right. Um, yeah. So Mark. Or, yeah, Mark. Mark, give us your uh, Canadians take. Well, Jordy recovers here. Canadians, Vegas. Who's winning this series? Man, I don't think did, did did um. I'm trying to look this up. Did Petrie play game one? 
Uh, I can tell you in a second. Because that's a huge that loss. That is a huge loss, yeah. But also, regardless... Do you, remember yeah. Gallagher be- do you remember Gallagher being a little shit, Mark? Watching that game, I just remember like the Bruins playing him, playing the Canadians, and, and Gallagher just being that little... He's the Martian of their team. He's a little rat out, out there on the ice just trying to fucking exactly. piss off people. And you're right, he does a really good job with it. He's good. Of just getting in people's fucking face... Yeah, getting the, people to draw penalties. If he scored more, he'd be the Martian. Yeah. The... Petrie didn't play game one. Uh, yeah, that's he'll huge. be back. Petrie, he'll be back game two. Petrie being out is huge because he's just such a defensive factor for him. You mentioned what's his face? Um, uh, what's his face? Defenseman, Weber? big defenseman. Shea Weber. Shea Weber. Thank you. Um, he, he's a obviously you know captain, all time player. Maybe not all time, but a. a big factor player um but petrie is just that next step or that next the next one for them of just two-way defenseman that can get it all done he was leading defenseman in points for a while this year a guy that can really really figure it out um but regardless of that i just don't think between how flurry is playing right now the kind of tear he's on even if cole caulfield has a all-time introduction game to the world maybe they steal a game here this is a this is tough to think that Vegas really gets completely blown out. Unless like game three, no fans or barely any fans in Montreal, they get kind of shell shocked into what happened. Into or what's having, going on ha- there. having to quarantine in, in Montreal or patch Patch return to, to Montreal. Well, they don't no, have I to mean, quarantine, right? That's the whole thing with them being able to do it. I think they have to stay in their hotel room. Oh, I think they have to follow, okay. they have to follow, like they can't just go out and into the city. That's the whole yeah, idea. Yeah, they yeah. Can't, especially Vegas. Like Vegas is no rules. You think Canada is going to let Vegas, like no rules, the whole bar run free on their town. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I've uh, heard this song before from you guys. You guys were saying Toronto is going to completely blow Montreal out. And I was like, no, hold on, man. Montreal is going to give them a fight. They're going to, maybe I give still, them a fight. I, it I, might go I think, six games. I think no. it might. I think it might. I, I mean, you watch that game, and Montreal just couldn't get into the offensive zone at all. That's my point. They couldn't, it's like, they it's... couldn't generate. They couldn't get – the only time they were in the offensive zone was on the power play, and they just couldn't they, – they, there was no clean entries five-on-five. Five. Then, yes, if if Vegas takes penalties like Toronto did, then, yes, Montreal will will yeah. win a game, and, and their power play will do its thing. But the, def- the defense stays disciplined. The difference is Toronto has just as much offensive depth as, as Vegas, if not more but they don't have the defense that Vegas has. They don't have the guys that you've been talking about, Mark, this whole podcast. And and defensively, the Golden Knights are not going to make the mistakes that Toronto did defensively. And or that Winnipeg just, made. Yeah, Winnipeg yeah. was... With never, just never as good of a goalie in front of them, Winnipeg. I mean, yeah. that, so, no disrespect to Carey Price. I get what you're saying, that, that Jeff Petrie coming back is going to be a big deal for him in Game 2, which is Wednesday night, so the night that you may be listening to this. But... The listeners, but I still think it's something where if you get the second or third pair out and they figure out how to line that up with their second line or their third line, I just think there's much more of a tilt for Vegas to really take that game over, which they did last night. To Greg's point, they struggled in the neutral zone, which Vegas does. They play that kind of evolved version of Montreal or Islander hockey of let's shut down the neutral zone, maybe not completely strangle it. We might let you get through. But we have a really good neutral zone play, and we make crisp passes, and we enter the zone well. So even with two big guys like a Weber, like a Petrie, it's still tough to think Montreal. They might steal a game. They may steal two games. Who knows? Maybe it's 2-2 after two games here. 
but let's let Mark make his point. No rebuttal because we got to move on to the next sure, series sure, sure. and talk about how shitty the Carolina Hurricanes are. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, Vegas' D are, are, are like so much experience back there. Martinez won a couple cups with the Kings. He's like their, what, second or third? Second or third D? Probably second mm-hmm. D. Um, but point is, I think I didn't – personally, I didn't watch the game, Greg. You did. I'm looking at the box score. It's, it can, it's clearly deceiving because the shots were even. Um, Montreal scored on the power play. Golden Knights were 0 for 4. Montreal had more hits. More face-offs won, just as many blocks. Like, it's a pretty even box score, but I wish it showed – I think this is deceiving. They should show, like, possession and, and scoring chances and because um, the way you're telling me, it's it, it wasn't even close. It's just, like, the – Vegas and Jordy can back me up or not, but, like, every time Montreal left the zone, there was someone on them. That they just threw the puck to the middle of the ice in the neutral zone and then had to dump it in, and Vegas went right back in the offensive zone – and that's like Montreal's game is to play a defensive style, but they weren't winning one-on-one battles to get to the puck. No, they were hitting so much because they were playing defense the whole time. They had to like, they had to get try and get the puck back, and somehow like, they, like Vegas should have. They had a lot of opportunities and should have scored more. And the first period, yes, first ten minutes, Montreal was playing their type of game, but Mark Andre Fleury held like shut the door down made it and Vegas was like, all right, well, he did his job. We're going to turn the game around. And from that point on, the middle of the first to the end of the game, except for the power plays, Vegas controlled and dominated every, all three zones, like just dominating the offensive zone, didn't let Montreal get any speed and build up because that's what Montreal is. They're a little speed nat team. That was the biggest thing that I want to say was watching that game. Everyone on Vegas seems to be 6'5", and everyone on Montreal, with the exception of Shea Weber, seems to be five, four for some reason. I don't know what it is, but it's crazy to me because it like, I don't think Vegas has someone that's under five foot under six foot uh, listed on their roster. It's, it's ever. Yeah. But it's just yeah, like, the guy scores a billion goals. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy Gre- to me. Greg mentioned it, that it was just, you couldn't like, they weren't winning battles. It's not like a, like a Bruins four check or an Islanders four check, or even a Vegas four check or, you know, RIP Bruins, RIP Avalanche, they had a good forecheck. Montreal just, I don't know. I don't know if they're just slower or smaller, a combination of both. It's no, just, they're a fast team, but but yeah. Vegas is just as fast as the problem. Like, Vegas is 6 That's one, my point six, of just two, saying, six, like, three, are they fast. actually slower? Because they are a quick yeah. team, but Vegas is, like, they're big and fast, to your point. But and, 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 Mark, going back to, sorry, Toronto, Montreal, I know I'm the one who said not to talk about this, but Toronto, Montreal, like, they play the same game in that they're a speed-type team – Toronto, I thought they were going to have a physical aspect with Wayne and, and Thornton and, 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 um, not Perry, but whoever the hell they picked up, the old guy who they picked up. But, uh, I thought, yeah, the, the Columbus cat, old cat Felino. Yeah. I thought they were going to be more physical because of that, but they, they played into, into Montreal's hand, a speed game. They let Montreal's speed skill forwards, Katniemi, Caulfield, uh, Gallagher, get out and, and Suzuki get out and, be fast and Vegas doesn't allow that because they have Petrangelo because they have stud defensemen because they have Tuck and Riley up the middle they have guys who don't allow that and I think that's the biggest difference right at least in game one was Vegas played their style imposed their style of game and they they have the bodies being to do that and Montreal doesn't necessarily have the unless they get a lead if montreal gets a lead it's a different conversation but 
Marc-Andre Fur is playing too good and, and the, Montreal's not getting the chances. I totally agree. But you mentioned it, Greg. Let's move on to the final series of the semifinals. The reigning champion Lightning rematching in the final four against the New York Islanders. Game two is in about 45 minutes from where recording, so you all know what the result of the second game was. The Islanders stole game one, mentioned it before Matt Barzell scoring his fourth game of the playoffs, Ryan Pollock scoring his fourth goal of the playoffs. Both teams even shots, 31 apiece, Braden Point scoring on the power play, Tampa's real silver bullet throughout the playoffs. But the Islanders still pulled it out. Tampa Bay has seemed like an absolute wagon tearing through different teams, whether it be the Carolina Hurricanes, whether it be the Florida Panthers. Boys, Greg, we'll start with you. What do you guys think of this series? What do you guys think of both of these teams? Break it down for me. Uh, I mean, again, I watched this game and, and Tampa just looks like Tampa. I think the biggest surprise was how well the um, Islanders goalie played. Um, blank in here. Yeah. How well he played in this game because the Islanders did what they did. They played their grind out style. Barzell had an unreal goal scored on a semi breakaway where he's getting pulled down to his feet. He got, he got hit. Disgusting. He's just unreal. He got hit, hit while shooting and put it with five hole. It was unreal. And, and you know, that, I mean, that, that style is their game. And if they're going to continue to do that, then watch out. But Toronto, I mean, uh, Tampa to me, I feel like came in a little. Uh, they had an easy schedule, right? We talked about it with the when the Bruins lost the Cup. Whoever plays Carolina is just guaranteed to lose the next round. The the Carolina's a joke, and and <laughs> didn't get didn't get Tampa ready for this game. This, this Islanders team they at tune all. Them up. And here's the thing: the Islanders are motivated, right? They lost to Tampa last year. They feel slighted. They feel it's bullshit. They thought they were going to be a Cup contending team. From the jump, they thought no matter what, this year we're we are going to be a cup contending team. We have chances to win. They took a blow with Lee, but now all that is gone because they just beat the Bruins, who were the odds-on favorite because of Taylor Hall and obviously the first line. They're rolling. They're feeling good. Barzell's finally scoring and, and being the superstar that he is. That that everyone knows he is. He woke up to realize it. And JG Padjo, yeah, awesome. I mean. They're, just, Greg, they're yeah right. Their defense is playing well. Sorry. Did you see Barzell's assistant against the Bruins, where he, like Curtis Lazar was covering him on the half wall, and Barzell yeah. cut down, yeah. cut up, cut down, cut up, yeah. cut down, drew a penalty, hit Palmieri or Eberle in the slot one timer goal. Yeah. Like, not a lot was, of people could that, do that. that. That ended up being the game. That was the fifth goal. That ended up being the game winner because the Bruins got four, right? Correct. Yeah, but well, that yeah. was just I was just harping on what you were talking about with Barzell's nasty goal. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, and that and that was what like it almost like when Barzell scored that first goal, it almost like took everything out of of the sales there for for Tampa because they were like, oh, we beat this team last year, we have no problem. It's almost like they forgot and and you know they're missing that those defensemen that they had last year. And I don't think I don't think the Islanders hold Tampa to one goal. Um, I think that's. The Islanders are going to have to do what they did against the Bruins and and hold the hold Tampa to two goals and score three or or get it to overtime and, and hope you get a bounce that goes your way. If if the Islanders can 
keep it to two goals, uh, max three goals for for the Islanders or for the Lightning, then I think the Islanders can pull it out. But it to me, it's just so hard to to bet against Tampa right now and having the best having the best goalie in the world and and they're heavy favorites tonight. They're like minus two fifteen Tampa tonight. Someone and did you that. hear the the coach's quote after the game? I'm gonna I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, "We were physically." We were like, our compete was there. Um, we we're physically there, but mentally we weren't there. I don't, I don't really know what he means by that, but basically saying they worked hard, they were competing, but mentally they were just. I think Stamkos got benched after he turned it over to when Barzell scored that goal. Stamkos sat on the bench the rest of the period. He did, yeah, he did. The, yeah. That was a big talking point too, and, and that's like, and that was what it was. I think, I think honestly, I, I, I it's a big deal, but they came in. I don't know Tampa, but the Islanders came in wanting it more in game one because this is the team they had lost to the last the previous year. This is the team they got over the hurdle of 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 Boston, which was the only thing standing in their way of a cup. And now they're facing Tampa, who they're motivated and have been thinking about for the last I don't know however many months it was since they lost in the bubble. And this is the team that they were trying to beat all year. And what like they came out ready to go firing in Tampa again, Carolina did not get them ready for this series, but Tampa came in unready mentally, and Vasilevsky was the only one who was on stood on his head, and because he's the best goalie in the world. No one's talking about this either. Like Islanders don't have their captain. Yeah, he hasn't been there the yeah. whole time. Is he still going to be their captain if they go all the way and win? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm. This is like Stamkos last year. I've been talking about this since the jump. Anders Lee. Yeah, I've been talking about this since. For how many weeks have I been talking about Anders Lee injury? Yeah, I mean, since he got hurt. I, 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 and I've said that they weren't going to win because of it. And here am I eating my words. So I'm hoping they lose again. But uh, yeah, sorry, Jordy, go ahead. Give us the take on this this series. No, I agree with you guys. I mean, I think Stamkos being back and playing really well, Kucherov being back and playing incredibly well, just unreal. And similar to Fleury, just Vasilevsky standing on his head, being the superstar night in, night out, why you gave him the contract that you did. You know, remember a couple of years ago when they lost in the first round, they got swept and everybody was like, oh, this is why you don't pay goalies. The same, and then Sergey Bobrovsky kind of doubled down on that for Florida goalies. But everybody was saying all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, he's time in, time out. I'm looking at stats now. And this isn't – this and last year weren't the first times that he's gotten hurt and missed a lot of the seasons or a, more, the majority of a season. He's played full 82 the one time, the 48-game season, those two. But he's still over a point a game guy. He played 79 games his rookie year, which was also his draft year. So that's un- that's unreal. But he's still an over a point game guy. He'd probably be at a thousand games by now if he hadn't gotten hurt. He missed most of the 2016-17 season, a lot of last year, about half of this season. He's unreal. Kucherov, I mean, what can't be said about him? Guys scoring, guys taking penalties, just being there for his team. Tampa's an absolute wagon. They have guys that you kind of forgot about. You know, Braden Point, a point-of-game guy, a guy nobody really forgets about. But he's unreal. But because of Kucherov and Stamkos pushing this whole, oh, salary cap farming shit, you kind of forget about him. But then Alex Kalorn, 12 points in 11 games, a guy who's a bottom six dude who he had Doc Talk last year, so he kind of got famous that way. 13 and 12, man. Check the game notes. Uh, 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 Wikipedia is not updated then, but regardless, over a point a game, regardless, regardless, (laughs) my point remains over a point a game. It's just unreal. 
it's crazy how these guys are getting it done. And this is what they did. This is what they did last year. It's what they did this year of just making these little tweak moving pawns on the chessboard while the big pieces are just remaining there waiting for the kill, waiting for the right time. And this is what Tampa did. And kind of similar to Montreal. I think the Islanders are going to put up more of a fight. I think obviously they won the first game. So it's at least going five. I think this goes six, maybe seven games. Game six at the Coliseum. It's hard to think that Tampa Bay closes them out there. Um, you know, they have I think it's to, definitely. I think it's definitely going seven. Yeah. I feel like this Islanders team is. I mean, they, it's hard they to made, think Tampa wins. Dude, they, I, Palmieri and Zajac than, to me sorry. more than one game in on on Long Island. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's like hard to think that they either go back to Tampa for Game Five, tied two two, and they win the next two games, or they win like Game Three or Game Four. And you know, it's actually that'd be the same thing. It'd be fucking two two. Um, it's hard to think that they. It's hard to think that this series isn't going to Game Seven, like you said, dude. Uh, one more thing, but Palmieri and Zajac are have been so good for this team since getting them, and it's just like not talked about enough how good that that those pickups were. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. I wrote down again on my little sticky note, Greg. You harped on some things, and I just said harped again. I haven't used that word in months. Um, Greg, you really brought something up to me like the motivation and, and Carolina not preparing them motivation like Islanders losing to Tampa last year in the playoffs and Tampa winning it all like who's more motivated right now like, motivation exactly. is everything in the playoffs when it's a grind and it's a battle in the corner battle in front of the net like Tampa's already got their cup like, who's more motivated I think that's huge and no one's really mm-hmm. talking about that um Carolina not preparing Tampa for the physicality and like the battle of a playoff series. I think that's yep. also huge. Islanders yep. just beat Pittsburgh Stanley cup hall of famer guys. And we were all wrong about that series. And they went and beat the Bruins with the best line in hockey. Um, they've had some challenges along the way. And, and I think they're, they're ready for this test right now playing a team that they lost to last year. So motivation and prepared. Yep. Um, yeah. And then so they've scored 45 goals in the playoffs. And they have only one guy in the top 10 of points, that being J.G. They're deep. Padro. They're, they're they deep. deep. They just keep coming. Every line is the same. It's a different wave. It, it doesn't end. They just keep coming. And I, I think all of us, every single one of us on this podcast, have bet against the Islanders in each series. We all had Pittsburgh. We all had the Bruins. And I'm going with Islanders this series against Tampa. I think they're going to win. All right, Marco. That's great. That's- that's awesome. I, I I am not. I think Tampa Bay gets us done in at least six, maybe seven. But... Fool me once, fool me twice, not three times. The okay. Well, justification for me, not to defend myself here, but Greg's the Islanders, homer. as we all said, the Islanders going in were the worst, like terrible records, sputtered at the end, all because the Andres Lee thing. And I think that almost it almost worked out. He got hurt when the he Montreal did. Montreal begs to differ, but okay. But he almost got hurt when he did because it was like. They got their bumps out. They figured out how to play without him in the last couple games of the regular season and then went in and steamrolled Pittsburgh, who wasn't very strong as a one seed. And then Boston, obviously, I'm obviously going to root for Boston. And that was that was a toss-up series. And then now we're here. And motivation, Mark, is you're, – you're right, a huge thing. And then you turn around and add the depth. They, they, they match up so well with Tampa, the difference defensively, they match up defensively. The difference is goaltending is, is what can Varlamov do versus Vasilevsky. And if, and if he can match, if he can match him, then yes, they win. But Vasilevsky is so good that 
I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to pick against him. But they can just throw out another Russian goalie against him. Like, hey, well, you got one Russian, we got a Russian. And Big Patty Maroon ain't going to three cups in a row, right? He ain't motivated. He just won two in a row. He ain't going to a third. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. Fair. We fair. have the big Russian. We have the big uh, Oh, and, and again, Mark and I both know, Jordy, and now you're finally seeing it. Playing Carolina is a death sentence for whoever. Who, 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 whoever <laughs> finally seeing it. Yeah, I think I've never watched hockey oh, before. And Jordy, guess who knocked out our two teams? The Flyers last in the playoffs and the Bruins last in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a – well, I was going to make the Flyers beat up teams with the physicality thing, but I, I, I held myself together because I know Greg loves to call out my homerness. So, uh... Time to trade Claude Giroux, though. Let's go. Uh, he has no move let, clause, and I think wants to stay in South Jersey with his buddy they family. Should, they uh, should, uh, they should, they should, they should unprotect all these crazy contracts and see what happens. Again, no move clauses. That's a good idea. Make Greg. them have to do it. But uh, I have a lot of opinions on the Flyers. We can do it in the off season. We don't need to jump into it. Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Go Knights! Big game tonight. Huge game two, Tampa Islanders. Yeah, the listeners will know how this went. So hopefully, we don't sound like complete idiots. But regardless, boys, this has been a blast. Mark, I know you had to go to uh, kickball, softball, whatever it is. Greg, I'm glad you got to be living out your dream of being a cowboy for two weeks. After the the gang's all back together. You guys did great without me, and it was much needed listened. Um, And I almost worked out for the better because I don't think that uh, people needed to hear uh, my completely wrong takes about the Bruins um, and Toronto. But go Knights. All right. Well, that will wrap things up. Go Thank nights. you all for listening. Follow the podcast under BLG <laughs> on Twitter, Thunderbox Sports on Instagram. For Greg and Mark, I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Have a great week. And like they say, Yeehaw. hockey. <laughs> Let's do that hockey. Yeah.